All right. We are on air. Grady Course Adventures live. Here we go. Episode four in the house. Good day, Mr. Freest. Good day, Mr. Morris. Hello, everybody out there in watching this or listening to it right now land. It's good to be here. I'm really excited. I I feel really stoked about the hour plus conversation we just had about the 45 minute conversation we're going to have. So if this is your first time joining us for eCourse Adventures Live, I'm Bradley Morris, my friend over there. What's your name? Andy Freeze. And we are here to support you with the wonderful wild world of building fantastic e-courses in the world. So we're here to transform lives. We're here to be extremely creative. We have found a way through our work at The Great E-Course Adventure to help people develop incredibly creative e-courses that are out of the box, completely and 100% original, and help people get the results that they came for. And so today's topic conversation is around cultivating community for e-course creators. So how do you actually build an entire ecosystem of people who are just as stoked about you as you are about the topic that you're there to facilitate? So that's what we're diving into today. Isn't that right, Andy? That is absolutely correct. And I'm clearly in another green forest behind me here. I'm just curious, where the heck on earth are you this week? Last week you were somewhere in Seattle, I believe. Yeah, so I've, I've been on a little bit of a mini tour um, and I landed in uh, San Francisco yesterday, and I'm currently staying at a friend's house. It's a 11 bedroom mansion, which is a it's like a co living intentional community uh, for kind of entrepreneurial spirited people. It's it's a really cool situation. So uh, I'm here, and um, actually, you'll see my screen might be a little wobbly because my uh, laptop is on my lap because there's actually there I couldn't really find a good place to do this broadcast from that's quiet because there's so much activity and there's construction in the house so so thank you guys for bearing with my shaky screen isn't it wonderful that you can you're like a, a turtle carrying its home everywhere right now yeah, right you're now. carrying your business everywhere you go that's the beauty of having an e-course folks you just Absolutely. carry this little flat box in your backpack everywhere you go and you've got your business ready to rock and roll it's true. Yeah, it's, it's pretty true. fantastic. I would say it's the price you got to pay for being mobile. It's wonderful. Yeah. So we just had a great conversation about community. Um, since launching the Great E-Course Adventure uh, months ago, well, what, coming up on a year, I guess, since we came up with the idea for the Great E-Course Adventure. And if you're not familiar with the Great E-Course Adventure, you can go to thegreatecourseadventure.com. You can check out our blog, you can check out more episodes of this, you can watch a bunch of videos and have tons of fun seeing what the heck we created. Because it's very different and I believe it's pioneering the future of online learning. It's merging multiple forms, multiple art forms, types of media, entertainment, gamification, all these wonderful things to create the ultimate learning experience for people. It's a lot of fun. And so a big piece of it for us we, we had our old course, which was called the eCourse Creation Blueprint. It was very blueprinty. It was quite boring. It was very dry. It delivered a lot of information that helped people build eCourses. And we wanted to create something that was a work of art because we are artists and we're passionate about that. And a big piece of what makes the great eCourse adventure great is 
our online community experience, our old e-course blueprint thingy. That was all on Facebook where a community would gather, they'd ask questions, they would talk about what they're working on, all that sort of stuff. And we were building the great e-course adventure platform. We wanted to create a community experience that was away from the hustle and bustle and all the distractions of Facebook. And so this genius over here helped us to build our own online community platform, kind of like our own Facebook meets forum. How'd you do that? I'm just amazed at you sometimes, Mr. Andy Freest. <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with Facebook. A little disclaimer. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the Facebook communities. It's where we started, and then we took leap up to the next level. And so in this last year of having our platform, we've been learning a lot about managing our community, growing our community, and cultivating conversations within our community. So um, it's a bummer. I had a whole bunch of notes, and right before we pressed record, they all disappeared. So we're going to go a little bit more off the cuff and with memory here. Um, I've got some notes on my handy phone here. See that? That's my notepad. I was at the dog park this morning thinking about this conversation. And I was writing all my notes in my notepad. It's a very handy tool. So that was kind of my backup file. Yeah. So let's just talk about community. What is community? Um, looking at the etymology of it, uh, some of the roots come from unity, fellowship, and coming together. And so... Yeah, like, Those are powerful things. I, I, you know, I like to see it when I, when I hear community, it's like come unity, right? So there's this whole, the unity is built right in and it's uh, like come for me, that means like kind of becoming, right? So yeah. becoming unity, that's, that's community. So with community, I, I love that. With community, it's, there's, there's so many reasons as to why as online course creators and leaders, we want to have a community gathering space. And so some of them, some of the obvious ones is like, you're not just growing email list or your audience like so many online marketers talk. You're, you're, it, the community is a much higher octave than your list because people only want to purchase these days, especially only want to purchase from people that they like, they know, and they trust. And if you are the leader of a community that is helping people get results, it's helping them to achieve their goals and it's helping them to connect with other people who are like-minded or in this on the same path, they're automatically going to build this trust and, and have this closer rapport than if you're just a spammy marketer who's sending them a whole bunch of emails. And there's a very, very big difference. And we've all been, I'm sure all of you are part of communities, you've been a part of communities, and perhaps you're already growing one. And so today, our intention is to help give you a lot of food for thought. And hopefully, if you're just going to start one, then you know exactly what to do next. And if you're managing one right now, we're going to give you some ideas on how you can do things even better. Yep. So why else, Andy? Why do, what, what else makes a community a powerful experience for people? Yeah, so... Uh, before and actually before before we go further there i just want to say if any if anybody has any questions at all along the course oh. of, of this uh uh broadcast today you can actually ask your questions down below there's a questions and topics tab and you can ask your question and then it'll uh, show up for us and we can answer it when we get to the question and answer part towards the end so we forgot to say that little piece earlier i know that was a good commercial break anyway. Yeah, good commercial break. So, sorry, can you, can you uh, rephrase that? Can you ask me that question again, Brad? Yeah, so, Thank you. so why else is having an online community powerful for e-course creators and everybody who's watching and listening to this? Yeah, so 
for me, I think one of the biggest reasons is that when you have a community um, versus just an audience, there is something that happens where your community sort of takes on a life of its own and it has its own momentum and its own growth that can happen and it can, it can grow on its own um, and it just becomes so much more powerful than if it's just a, an audience. Uh, we were talking about this already earlier, the difference between an audience and a community. Um, and a good, a good analogy of this is an audience is uh, where, you know, there's basically somebody on stage. In, in this case, it would be you as the, the leader of uh, your business. And then an audience is just a bunch of people in the crowd. And they're there to hear what you have to say. And you're going to say something awesome. And then they might go take action or buy something or something like that. Um, but a community is where instead of you being on stage, you are sort of down on the ground level in the audience with them and you're, you're in the center of it all. And these people are surrounding you. And instead of you just being broadcasting and, and telling them things, uh, you're actually main, your main role is to help spark discussions and sort of get people talking to each other and, 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 and sort of maybe giving cues of like, Hey, why don't you go ask this other person this question? And the whole point is to get them all connect connecting, right? Because that's where it's, I kind of have this vision of like a circle of people around a leader and all those people are all connected together. Yeah. Um, and as you can imagine, that's so much more powerful than um, just having everybody sort of not looking at each other, not connected and just focused on the, the, the person that's on the stage. Yeah. Because um, in an audience... In an audience broadcaster relationship, if the broadcaster leaves the situation, the audience dissipates. It's done. But in a community, if you know, if that center person of the community leaves, maybe for a short time or a long time, um, in a lot of cases, if the community is strong enough, like the community is going to stay. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Which takes us to the three phases of developing your online community, which we'll get to in a second, because I, I want to add on to that. There's um, another powerful thing for having an online community. And this was something that we had huge discussions around in the beginning phase of the Grady Course Adventure. And it was actually one of the reasons why we built the Grady Course Adventure is this entertaining adventure for people is because the dropout rate is massive for people going through courses. They sign up and they end up not completing it. And one of the things that we discussed in the in the early phases was like wanting to create a community experience uh, that would help people overcome their resistance. Because whether we are teaching people a new skill, we're helping them build their business, we're supporting them to heal from trauma or learn to meditate. No matter what transformation we're talking about here, there's always going to be resistance that comes up. And as leaders of of facilitating these transformations. The bottom line is, is it requires a lot of energy, commitment, creativity, and work to get from not knowing how to do something to being pretty confident in it. And in our case, it's teaching people to build these types of e-courses that we've made. And it requires community. The community factor has like you, you have social accountability all of a sudden, that you're not just some blank person who doesn't have a face and a name. You're actually a community member 
And you all of a sudden have this social accountability to everybody else who is also going through that same journey with you. That you can show up to the community gathering space, whether it's Facebook or your forum or whatever it is, and you can share like, hey, this is the hardship I'm having right now. And all of a sudden, everybody who's either experienced that same hardship is like, yeah, me too. Like, let's rise through this together. Or people who have already gone through that can be like, hey, listen, this is what I did. And there's this all of a sudden you get people supporting each other through that journey, raising each other up. It's that's what the community experience really needs to be like is everybody is there to raise each others up to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. We're so uh, humans are social creatures. Like we, we do things. We want to do things with other people. We, you know, we, we work all week so that we can hang out with our friends on the weekends. We, you know, it's, we want to, and we, we do things that other people do. And it's, if we can bake that social ability into our business, into our course, then it just makes everything so much easier. Because if, if, you know, if you can get your uh, customers, your potential customers and your students kind of befriending each other and creating uh, connections and bonds with each other, then it's going to make your life a lot easier as a leader because people will keep each other moving through your course or, or whatever it is that you're working on. And we have one role in our job description as e-course creators. And that's, that's to help people get results, whatever it takes to help them get for, to achieve the, the brand promise or the thing that we are telling people they're going to get when they land on our registration page. Yeah. And so let's, let's explore the three phases of developing your online community. And so phase one is getting it going, starting your online community. And so the one thing, you know, the, at, at the core of every successful online community, there's one thing that ties everybody together. And that is passion. It's uh, whether it's passion for music or it's passion for being creative or building your online business, or in our case, it's developing the greatest e-course you can possibly imagine. Passion is the thing that like everybody is coming there because they're passionate about the same thing. And so that leads into the next phase, which is everybody has a common purpose for being there. Like it, it's really, it should be extremely obvious why everybody is in your community. And those that aren't aligned with that common purpose probably won't show up and participate, which is just fine. And the next thing that you you really want to think of, if you're just starting to build an online community, don't build an online community because you think it's going to be something that makes you money in the long run. That is a horrible reason to start a community. Build an online community that is the type of community you would want to be in and you've never found it online. Don't go creating another freedom hackers or wisdompreneurs or whatever one you're a part of on Facebook or anywhere else. Think of like, what is, what do you love about all the online communities that you've been a part of and what have you found is missing, whether it's the vibe or the tone or the way the conversations are being facilitated, what is missing in those and what is it that you would love to experience in the online community of your dreams? And that should be exactly what you created. Like we, mostly Andy, I had a lot of ideas, but mostly Andy built the community experience of our dreams. We took the best of Facebook, the wall and the profiles and all these things. And we took the best of what we loved about forums and we found some software and he found some software and we put those together and built our own online community platform. And it's, it's awesome. And it works wonderfully. It functions quite well. And, and 
I just want to say the tech doesn't doesn't really make a big difference. And I mean, no. we're going to get into tech stuff later, but um, the key thing is that you have a way for people to connect. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, it could be telephone. Like it doesn't. The technology isn't even a, a much of a big deal. What's important is, and it goes back down to the habit. Knows what what is connecting your community together, and exactly. that thing like that's that is such an important piece of the puzzle. And so the next up is that you want to make sure you have in place before you ever launch your online community or announce it to the world is you need to have a really clear code of conduct because you're going to have people coming into this place and there needs to be a set of rules or expectations of how everybody acts and performs and shows up to this, this community gathering place. You need to have that established. And so when we were building the great e-course adventure, we essentially wrote out our, our community manifesto. Like when people log on to the first time after they've joined the Grady course adventure and they've gone through the tour of the whole platform and how everything works, they, there's a, there's a code of conduct that comes up that they need to click on that they, that they agree to the terms and conditions. And so we're just going to really quickly read through these. So I'll, I'll read like the first few Andy, and then you can sure. carry on from there. So basically it says, by participating in this platform and community, I willfully agree to adhere to this code of honor to the best of my ability. We call it a code of honor, actually, because it's based on an honor system. Number one, I will do work I love, believe in, and makes the world a more awesome place. Number two, I recognize that what makes me stand out is my wild, weird, creative, I'm not afraid to be myself and do what nobody's done approach to e-course creation and life. Number three, I will honor, be kind, supportive, encouraging, respectful, and generous with my fellow adventurers and e-course creators. What I put into my work, my e-course, this community, and life is exactly what I get back. Number four, I will access and create from my innate creative brilliance and hold the creative brilliance of every single member of this community with reverence. I may be inspired by my fellow adventurers. However, I will not take or mimic the ideas of others. Instead, I will allow my creativity to shine through. Number five, I will try new things, take risks, be courageous enough to climb to the top of the mountain and wise enough to know when I need to ask for help. And you want to take number seven onwards? Yep, yep, yep. So as number seven is, I will embrace being a student with passion and curiosity, as well as enjoy the responsibility and gift of being a teacher to others. Number eight is I recognize that who I am being is what makes what I am doing powerful. Number nine is money is great and I welcome it. And I also recognize that true success is about more than just numbers in my bank account. It is about the number of transformations I help facilitate in people's lives that I improve. It is also about me enjoying my work. Uh, next is I will seek to contribute, share my ideas and add value to the community campfire. Uh, that's what we call our community area. Uh, I will make this about serving the community first and foremost. Um, next is, I dedicate my work to the greater good so the good gets greater. I'm committed to being wildly creative, daring, innovative, collaborative, and imaginative so that I may blaze new trails and come up with amazing new ways to facilitate uh, transformation for my students. I will enjoy my life, business, and creative process. I choose to have more fun. And lastly is, this is my word of honor. By honoring my word, I recognize that I uh, not only let my community down, but I also let myself down. So this is, this is the foundation from where this community grows. So 
you know, the passion element that, that brings everybody together in this case, uh, for us, it's creating amazing artistic, uh, e-courses, um, trans, uh, transformation. Uh, it's these, these sort of, uh, I wouldn't say they're rules, but they're just, um, agree agreements or guidelines. It, it helps elevate the quality of the community. Yeah. So it's, it really, it's, it's, yeah, the, the passion element brings everybody together. And then the, the guidelines and your, your code of ethics or your code of honor is what really helps kind of, uh, carve out like what the quality is like and sort of how people engage with each other and interact. Totally. And so what we've talked here, knowing your passion, developing a community experience and really mapping that out, like deciding what the features of your community are going to be and then writing up your code of code of honor. These are the things that get your community going. So the second phase is to, is keeping it going. So keeping your community going, once you've got it going, what do you do to keep that energy going? Because if you all of a sudden just get it going and then you stop posting and stop being the medium for conversations, it's just going to fizzle right out. And we see this all the time. People have a great idea. They have a passion. They're like, oh man, I'm going to start this community. And then they start it and they enroll a few hundred people. And that few hundred didn't grow to 10,000 people in the way that they hoped and they lose interest. And then the community just like dies. I mean, there's so many dead Facebook groups out there and you got to keep the passion going if you really want it to survive. And so let's just explore how do you keep the conversations going how do you keep people engaged in your community so that it's growing um one thing is that if you're is to go back this is something that we've done uh i've done a few times in the last few months with people is i've gone into the forum and we have uh several we have a bunch of different campfires in our forum and so the campfires each have different themes one of them is introductions and the other is a progress log and so I'll go through all the introductions and the progress logs, and I'd look for people who have been inactive for anywhere from three weeks, a month, or even up to a few months. And I would, I would go through and I'd read a bunch of their latest reports, and I would send them messages and be like, hey, like, what's going on? Where are you at? How's this idea coming along? You know, like, where can we help you? How can we serve you? And just resurrecting old conversations that, were pe that people were having and bringing them back to life. And just by doing that, all of a sudden people come back and like, like last week when I did this again, there was a bunch of people I haven't heard from in a while and they messaged back and they're like, man, thank you so much for checking in with me. Like, I appreciate that you actually care about me. And some of them said like, you know, something in life happened and I'm getting back to it now or at the end of this month. Others were like, I've been working my butt off behind the scenes and haven't had time to you know, use the community. I really appreciate this is what's been going on. And they just like had a huge list of where they're at. Others are like, oh man, I'm about to launch and I was about to come back into the community. Like there's so many reasons for why people aren't active. And if you just like actually show them you care. So if you have a Facebook group, you could scroll down like several months of conversation and look for conversations where people were like on fire with an idea and reach out to them again, like re- stir up that conversation and get them back engaged and see where they're at, see what steps they're at, see what they need for support. And if you just really show up in that way, people are going to respect and love you for it. It's I'm, I'm really stoked. That was an idea that I had when I was like, man, I really want to see, like, I miss this person. They were so active and then they just kind of like faded away. 
let's go re-engage that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's no getting around the fact that cultivating a community, it, it just, it's not necessarily hard. It's just a matter of having the right ingredients and then follow through. Just yeah, putting in the energy and time in it. It's, it, it takes, you know, you want to reply to every thread and conversation as much as you possibly can, especially in the early days when you're just getting started. You, you, you're, you have the ability and the bandwidth to be able to respond to every single post. And you know, when we first started out, that's literally what we did. Every time someone would post, we would make sure that we got our voice in there. And it really makes a huge difference. And I, you know, I would say too, like, I think the number one thing is to, if you actually care about what your course is about and it's something you're really passionate about, that's gonna make this whole thing a lot easier because then you know, you're gonna want to be part of the conversation. You won't have to get, you won't have to talk yourself into going and doing it because you just, you want to, you know, you're just as much um, as a part of the community as everybody else. Yeah. And so, you know, if you really care and you, and you want to be there, then it's going to be a lot easier to sort of get the engagement of other people. And that's really what makes the community and this whole keeping it going phase is getting other people to um, participate, right? Yeah. And that takes a lot of work and it takes, it takes having a simple strategy. And so there's several strategies for us. I mean, rather than, as Andy said earlier, we're not, we're not in the community to talk at people. This is not our blog. It is a conversation space. It's, it's for two way or multiple way dialogue about specific topics. And so we can start a conversation thread with a simple question. You'll see this on, on the Facebook groups as well. Like, if you ask a question to a bunch of those Facebook groups, if you're a part of some, like conversation threads can go on hundreds and hundreds of long. And at the same time, you can do these rant-like posts to create a, um, what's the word? Controversial dialogue about a topic that's hot. And so this has been a really key way to stir up deep, rich, powerful conversations is to talk about something that's controversial that you know there's going to be people in your community that are either questioning this, they've got one side opinion or another side opinion, and to just like bring that in and let people like talk about those in a heated way. It's amazing what can come out. And the community space, like having a forum or whatever, it's a great place to, to learn from your students. I mean, just because you're the teacher, the facilitator, the course creator doesn't mean you know everything. I mean, for us, it's brilliant because we're, we've got an e-course on building e-courses and we have such a diverse group of people who are building online courses that it's like we have so much to learn from every single people that's here. They're all teachers. It's wonderful. And so if you just simply are active by asking questions, like really good questions, like get people talking about things that are going to support them to achieve the goal that you're there to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. And the, really the, the key thing, and, and uh, it's really about um, asking the right questions that gets the community talking amongst, amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really, I like to think of it as like your role is like to be a spark. And then the conversations start to kind of snowball and, and escalate. And then, you, you know, you want to, of course, of course, uh, participate in that conversation. But um, when you ask the right questions and get your community talking amongst themselves, that's where the magic happens.
Yeah. And some other things that you can do to keep it going is um, create community challenges. So for example, just you create an assignment that everybody has to go out and do one good deed that day. Let's just throw something out there. And in order to like, basically then you invite them to come back to your community space and share a video of them doing it or a picture with a story of what they did. Like the more media you can get involved that it's not just all text. If you can get people creating videos, posting pictures, uh, sharing artwork that they've created, all of these things add this visual element that really draw people in. And if the more you can do that, the better. So for example, we do challenges in the Great E-Course Adventure that people have to go up and create test videos of their launches. We have one challenge where they earn our community currency called the bajillion where they have to dress up as a, a character that's not them and teach a, a topic that's not the one they're teaching. So it's to become a fictitious character. And this whole project or that whole um, challenge was a way to get people more confident in front of the camera by just doing something that's silly and out of their comfort zone. And so the more ways you can get media involved in your community experience and having people share their different media in an, in an artful way, the more you're going to get engagement. And then also on top of that is, um, is to use your, your email list. So I send out a weekly smoke signal or we send out a weekly smoke signal. I just happen to be the one that generally writes them each week and included in the smoke signal are like the conversations of the week. So we'll send people to the, a couple of the top conversation threads from the forum that week. Uh, we'll send them episodes of, of this. We also do a weekly Q and a coaching session. So we'll send them the link to that recording if they didn't do it. And it's basically just, a weekly rhythm that our members will they'll open up their email. They might click on one of the conversations of the week that they're, they're interested in and it gets them back into that conversation and just engaging with other people on the mountain. And the more you can bring them back to your community, the more likely it is that you're going to help them succeed because if they're active in your community, then they're present in your course. That's the bottom line because everything in your community is going to have to do with your online course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, the weekly smoke signal kind of serves as like a, keeps everybody like hot on the pulse of what's happening. Just yeah. a nice snapshot. Because, you know, things do happen and we might step away and get busy for a couple weeks and just having that weekly digest can, can be super helpful. Yeah. It's important. People need those reminders. Like we have a lot that goes on and we were talking about this before the call. It's like, you know, five years ago when I started building e-courses, I just like, I went from leading 200 plus meditation workshops per year to saying, okay, I'm done with that. I'm putting all my work online and I'm going to make e-courses for the next five years. And I just chose that. Like that was, those were the words, like I'm done with that. I'm building e-courses now. And a lot of people have like multiple businesses and a whole bunch of projects on the go. And e-courses might be like second, third, maybe even fifth on, on their scale of importance on projects that they're working on. And so if e-courses aren't your number one, then that means all those other things are going to get priority. That if you've got a bunch of other stuff to do for another project that's higher up on the list, then your e-course gets like shuffled down to the bottom again and again and again. You really got to choose it. And so having those weekly rhythms, having the, the emails every week that go out and bring people back to the conversation, 
it keeps them hot so that it, even though they might not come to the, 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 um, back to the community every week, or they might, you know, take a few weeks or even a few months off of doing the course that that's still in their consciousness. They're still like, Oh yes, I'm so excited to get back to the community or get back to the, the course when I'm able to. And if you're out of sight, then you're out of mind. You're not going to be in their thoughts. And so you just, you need to create those rhythms and those ways for people to like stay in it. Yeah. I think a really important element of that is a sense of belonging. Yeah. And and if your community can sort of satisfy or uh, fulfill something in your community that they can't get anywhere else, that's going to be something that will keep them coming back. Definitely. And that's, you really do want to make sure that when people, that you have a way to make everybody feel included in what it is that you're doing, Uh, that whether it is inviting them to introduce themselves or there's so many ways, just make sure that, that you go out of your way to make sure people feel included and, and like they're important, that they're not just a number, num- another number, or they're not just a lead, that they are real people, yeah. and that you really, really want them to be there. I think probably the best way to, to make that happen, and admittedly, this isn't necessarily the simplest thing, especially when you're dealing with audiences that are scattered across the globe, or communities that are scattered across the globe, is to meet in person. Um, yeah. I, I know this from firsthand experience. Uh, me and another business partner of mine, uh, led a retreat. Uh, Whoa, you have other business partners? What? <laughs> this is not the time for this conversation, but we've got to talk after this. <laughs> uh, so we we led a retreat and we had brought uh, about 18 people from, that were from all over different parts of the, the world. And um, it was all based around music. And none of these people had really met each other leading up to this. And we didn't have any sort of like online community or anything like that, like leading up. It was like everybody kind of met like when they arrived at the retreat. And we spent like just about five days together. And um, at the end of that, everybody was just like a feeling of family. And this is something that's very common that happens when people go to retreats. Um, And, you know, to this day that for the most part, um, the people that really connected within that group, like are still staying in touch. And I just, I can't express to you, uh, like the, <laughs> the power of like the, those connections that were cultivated in that, just those five days and how, how it made it just so real. And so if, if you can get, you know, your community together in, in a physical sense, somehow, that will take things to another level. And I mean, there's so many ways that you could do this, whether it's you can help people organize uh, local meetups. So you don't even necessarily need to be there if you can just get, you know, if you, if you notice that like, wow, a lot of my people are in this specific city, I'm going to help somebody organize uh, just a quick a meetup so they can all get together. That's going to take things to another level because when we meet in the flesh, that's when it becomes real. And like what Brad was just talking about of, you know, it's not, we're not just numbers or just, you know, uh, uh, leads or whatever. It's, you know, we're real yeah. people. Yeah. So meeting in the flesh really solidifies that because even though we know that we're real people, you know, and you can see our face, it's still just a computer screen. And so, yeah. you know, meeting in the flesh is just, it allows that real human connection to take place. 
I always find yeah. people are like a different height than I would imagine them too. Like well, no. sometimes they're taller, sometimes they're way shorter than what I picture them to be. You know, it's it's always so wonderful to see in purpose and actually see how tall people are. Yeah, and it's I mean, as we were talking about earlier, you know, community is all about connection. And the best yeah. way to connect is to meet in person. Uh, for example, a couple things we're we're gonna be doing next year is we're gonna be doing uh, a, can- a Canada retreat and a Hawaii retreat for all of our, our members to come spend, you know, three days to a week together in person going on real life adventures rather than just the green screen adventures we formulate and to work on their e-courses and to work with each other on projects. And it's just it's way cooler when you do that and you go home and you are fired up and you've learned a ton. Yep. Yeah, I think I, so, the combination of if you if you can have some sort of in-person thing and an online thing working together, that's yeah. really the best, the best of both worlds. Definitely. And just on the note of like connecting with people, one of the, the features of our um, platform is that we have a members directory and on the members directory is a big map of the globe and it shows all the pins of all of our members so you can you can find people who are in your area and set those meetups with or or hook up with an accountability buddy which is which is awesome and so that's one of the the wonderful things about building your own platform is you have uh, wordpress plugins that can help add features like that mm-hmm. so now let's dive into the the third phase of developing your online community and so you've got getting it going, keeping it going. And now it's, it goes on its own. And that is where we're all seeking to get to not so that we can opt out and not have to do anything anymore. I think so many people get into e-courses for the wrong reason that they get into e-courses because they don't want to work anymore. They have this fantasy. This was my fantasy as well. When I first got started, they have a fantasy that you're going to build this online course. And all of a sudden you're never going to have to work again. And that's a bunch of baloney yeah. because there's always going to be admin work. You're always going to be thinking about ways that you can improve the experience for your customers. You're always going to have your next course you want to create. And you're always going to have the online community that you need to manage and be a part of. You need to be present. The community will not live long if you are not present in it. Now, you can always, I know Marie Forleo hires somebody for B-School that this is, she's like uh, the community steward essentially. So she answers the majority of the posts. Marie is present in there and we're extremely present in our community. Um, but Marie is, is present and she, she has this person that she probably pays money to be present to um, offer feedback. And this would be somebody who'd be a business coach. So if you want, you know, you can partner up or find some friends who are very familiar with your work and either pay them a little bit of money or trade them in exchange for services and just have them be in the community for the sake of keeping conversations alive, for helping people. I mean, once your community gets to the place that you've hit this critical mass where your members are making their own posts, they're all, if somebody has a question or they're asking for feedback that all of a sudden you've, it's like mosquitoes to a human in the jungle that like everybody just swarms the person to give them their support. That's what you really, really want. That's when you know your community is starting to take off and it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of just like showing up again and again and again. And it takes experimenting like we've been experimenting with how do you get people to stay engaged? Because it's easy to create excitement. It's hard to keep people in it for the long run. 
And that's, that's the bottom line. You really need to be, you need to be in it more than any participant in your entire community. Like you've got to stick it out when people aren't responding to your posts. You can't go into like, poor me. Nobody likes me. They didn't respond to my post that I thought was so genius. That's going to happen. But you got to just keep showing up and keep coming up with creative ways to keep people enrolled. Yep. It's a lot like um, permaculture, which is basically you know the quick nuts and bolts of what that is, is, it's a, a style of uh, farming and like uh, plant cultivation that it, you basically set things up in an in intelligent way where the plants kind of take care of themselves at a certain point. And it takes a lot of work to get it up and get it going. But once it's going and once the system is healthy, it just takes a light human touch. You can't let it go completely by itself, but it just takes a, some direction and some manicuring and the thing just keeps thriving. And that's exactly what we're talking about here is, you know, it takes, there's that, you know, getting it going and keeping it going phases. And then the phase of the third phase of it, it goes on its own. It doesn't mean hands off, as Brad said, it just means that um, you've created a healthy, thriving community. And it, it just takes you just kind of continuing to um, lead it in the right direction. And that third step is really, it's something that, you know, when you're, we were talking about the uh, kind of broadcaster audience relationship, you don't get, there is no third step with that, you know, with the, with the, when you're dealing with an audience versus a community, you can't get past the second stage, which is the keeping it going. Cause as soon as you stop keeping it going, it dies immediately. But with yeah. the community, it's different. It's different. And so to, to keep it going, I mean, you're essentially looking to engage. If you want to have more conversions for your e-course, as in sales, then just start stirring up more meaningful conversations. The bottom line is, if you are the leader of your community, then your job every single day is to stir up conversations and to support people, um, to answer their questions, to really just help them in whatever ways you can. Just If you be in service and you truly, truly, truly do that, it's going to come back around. Those people are going to be fans and members for life. They're going to pay it forward to the new members who show up or the new students who join your course. And they're going to support them up the mountain. And every single time you raise somebody up, they're going to come raise the next generation behind, or at least hopefully they do. Oftentimes they will. And that will take a load off of you in time. But don't expect it all to happen overnight. You know, those communities that you see that are 30,000 people or 10,000 people that are super active and happening, they don't happen overnight. They've taken years to get to that place and they've taken a lot of hard work and dedication. So you need to be dedicated. Um, without getting into the tech, uh, below when we post this episode on the blog, so if you go to the Great eCourse What's our website? TheGreatEcourseAdventure.com. And you go to our blog. That's where this will be posted tomorrow. We will include a bunch of different technology that you can see if you want to build your own online community platform. We won't get into those. But um, aside from the actual specifics, Andy, do you have any advice for people on choosing their tech for their, their platform or for their growing their online community? Yeah, so it can be really... Uh, uh, it can be easy to uh, want to have all these features for your community and to have this big robust community that does all these fancy things. And that's all great. But the thing that a lot of us don't realize when we 
build something like that is how much work it's going to take to maintain that on top of the work of just uh, having the community element growing and having conversations and um, getting people to connect. So if you have all of that work, plus you need to maintain all these different features and functionality of your platform, that's a lot of work. So it's always best to keep it simple at first. And we always recommend, especially for people that are starting out, always start with a Facebook group because everybody, you already use Facebook, you already know how a Facebook group works. All you have to do at that point then is just to think of how you're gonna um, get people to start connecting and asking the right questions and just getting engagement. You don't need to think about any of the tech if you go with Facebook route. Yeah. Now, if you were to do something like a, a forum and create a forum, which is a really great way to have community, you're introducing a lot of elements uh, of, of technical stuff you're going to have to think about. Um, and it it's great because, you know, with the Facebook group, you're limited to Facebook group and it's easy for conversations to get lost. And, you know, it's there's definitely some downsides to it. Uh, but as always, it's just, it's always a, a really good idea to keep it simple and outgrow your current situation rather than, try to put on shoes that are too big. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to build this whole elaborate forum platform and have crickets go off because you actually don't have a community following already. If you have a strong community following by then by all means upgrade to a, a more sophisticated platform than, than Facebook. But if you're just starting out, start there, start, simple, yeah, start where you are and grow into your ultimate vision. The, yeah, the software that you pick is not the community. It's not going to create a community for you. No. You're, you know, you picking a topic that you actually care about and that other people care about and you creating a space for people to connect and, and have conversations in a way that, um, you know, is unique and maybe, you know, there's there's a, a need for it. That's what's going to help build your community. And, doesn't, yeah. and it doesn't really matter what software you use. The software you use might make the, the, that community function in a more efficient, beautiful way, but you need a community to begin with, uh, you know, to, to, period. So it's always good, you know, start with the Facebook group and then once you get to a point where it's like, okay, you know, this is happening and we really need a, a, a way to organize things better. We want, you know, people are losing conversations. It's not, this is not the ideal situation and we've outgrown it. Then it's time to, you know, hire a developer, build a forum, or do something like that. Exactly. So to review what we've got, we've, we've explored a whole bunch in this little 45-minute snippet of history and time. Uh, number one is getting it going. So choose something you're passionate about. Design the community of your dreams that you've always wanted to be a part of and create your code of conduct. Number two, keeping it going. So really doing the work, get in there on the ground level with your people, be creative, come up with conversations, use emails every week to keep people engaged in the best conversations that are happening. Number three is it goes on its own. That is the ultimate goal that you're working towards. Be patient with that. Give yourself a couple years to grow an online community experience of being there every single day and stirring up those conversations in the best ways that you possibly can. Remember, using multiple forms of media will be very helpful for that. Getting people to post videos and post pictures or artwork, giving them challenges that, that get them to go out in the world, do something, and come back and share their story and results. Those are going to be great conversation starters for people. And then once you get it going, just 
keep it going keep staying engaged coming up with creative ways you're this is your baby and you can involve it however you want so we would love to hear your feedback on how this went if you have more questions then please ask us and if you have a conversation or a topic for next week we are open to your suggestions so in the questions and topics right below the video on this site you can actually suggest what we talk about next week on eCourse Adventures Live. And if you're inspired to join our community, then the link is in the chat here. You can go to the great ecourseadventure.com slash trail pass. And we'd love to have you on our mountain. And if you go to that link, you can check out a bunch of our really fun videos that tell you all about this crazy world we've dreamed up on the world of online learning. So that is about all I got to say today. What about you, Mr. Freest? I mean, that's, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thank you all for uh, thank you all for joining us on today's adventure. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to doing this again, same time, same place, next week.